1: I can't take no loss. Huh. I don't even know what it costs.
2: Huh. I hit the ground, then I go off. Yeah, I really feel it's my time. Think He's a world-class fighter. Yeah, I'm percent- going to disagree. Yeah, I really feel it's my time. Think it's my... Yeah. Welcome to Sparring Session. I'm your host, George Jakovic, along the champs. Two former two-sport champion Chris Algieri and former two-division champion Pauli Malinagi Sparring session, guys. We've got six rounds. Each one gets its own topic. Three minutes. We're going to have the guys discuss, debate. And I have to say really quick, we're making history on this show. Chris Algieri has pointed this out. You usually can't get Pauli Malinagi to say hello in under three minutes. So we're going to keep Pauli to a minimum. We got... Six topics again. They are round one. Does Edgar Belanga deserve Canelo? There's rumors he may get the Canelo fight next. Round two, the biggest duck. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Round three, Jamal Charlo or Teofimo Lopez. Who are we going to see fight first? Round four, we got two New York fighters here. So this could be good. Best fighters from New York City. What and specifically, what part of New York City has the best fighters? Fifth round, the future of the welterweight division boots Ennis or Virgil Ortiz and a special round six, which we want you to like. We want you to subscribe and comment because round six came from a comment in Pro Box's Twitter feed. So that's a that's a special one. That's a good one. We'll have fun with it. So guys, I, I'm serving as the uh the referee and the judge. I know sparring isn't scored. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna score this. When I say break. It's to give the other fighter, the other person, a chance to talk. Let's uh, keep it clean or not so clean. And let's start it off with Chris Algieri. Round one, Edgar Belanga has got a fight Saturday night against Jason Quigley. If he wins, does he deserve Canelo? Ring the bell, start round one.
0: Man, you got to put it on me uh, with my boy Edgar Belanga. Uh, does he deserve the Canelo fight? No. Simple answer. I mean, he he's he hasn't been performing recently uh, that would that would make you think that he earned the shot especially when there's so many other contenders out there who've been calling out canelo for a while um we got david benavides in the same weight class so like and that's a, a fight that could easily i would think would easily be made um does that mean the fight's not going to happen no not at all and, and and would i be mad about it no because it again it's edgar's my guy and he, you know, he gets a big payday gets a big opportunity um and listen the kid can fight and can punch and you know you've got Puerto Rico versus Mexico so it, there's going to be an allure to it you've got the idea that Edgar Belanga is this big massive power punching guy he had 16 straight knockouts in the first round you know which is a big deal so there's a lot of hype around him and uh you know there are people that are saying well Canelo could be on the slide and you got this young hungry explosive punching uh Puerto Rican who can come in there and and upset the Apple, apple carton and, and and start everything anew but like i said i'm at the top does he does he deserve the shot based on what he's done recently no but i can see the fight happening
1: very very impressively he's got to probably stop him but not just stop him i mean he's got to show things in the stoppage that uh, uh will get people curious about oh man if he can do that he... and i'm talking about combination punching i'm talking about speed i'm talking about body punching i'm talking about a dominant performance where you carry the ring you carry the fight now don't get me wrong doing that against quigley is not doesn't make you a world beater but again you take momentum into the promotion right you also look for the fact that he's puerto rican he's a big sell boxing is a business before it's a sport and berlang is a big sell especially as a puerto rican does he deserve the shot over David Benavides? No, definitely not. But that wasn't the question. The question was, does he deserve the shot, right? So he deserved the, does he deserve the shot if he can promote himself the right way, meaning promoting himself the right way, meaning a spectacular performance against Quigley, not just a win and not just a simple knockout uh, in the first round or something like that. I'm talking about a dominant performance. You bust this guy up, you make a statement, and you show things that will make people curious. You Talk about punching power with Berlanga.
0: Berlanga's punching power was great. Hey, 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 ref, is this guy a businessman? Or I, just, I, just talk, 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 I just are broke Are we talking boxing here? Let's go, Chris, I broke my, bro. Break? I, I appreciate that, ref. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. But listen, I mean, if we're talking about the business. Yeah, does he deserve it? Like, it, 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 it depends on how you look at it, right? Does he deserve the shot? I I, I say no. You deserve it based on a business? Yeah, but when, I mean, we're looking at this like business. I'm looking at this like a boxing purist. I'm looking at who should get the shot, which is what, what is best for boxing, but... I mean, yeah, I, I, again, I, I like the fact that Edgar would get the fight because, again, that's my guy, and it could be exciting Break. to build up. But, I mean, in terms of the deserving, I'm
1: telling you right now, he, he, punching power, this is why he needs more than just punching power. He's got to show more than just a knockout because Canelo grew cement in his
2: chin the last few years. That's our bell. That's our bell. And Pauly was good. Last time, Pauly, you, you spoke over the bell. You stopped at the bell. I appreciate that. That was a good one. Um, I'm trying to be an unbiased judge. Chris, I agree with you. But, Paulie, uh, I'm I'm going with your points. You you swayed me on that one. I'm trying to be an unbiased judge. Paulie gets that round 10-9. So, Chris, you're in the hole. You got five rounds to go. And, by the way, Chris sparred this morning. He went four rounds. He's going six now. So, Chris is working the kinks out. We're going to go to round two. We're going to start with you, Mr. Malinaji. Round two the biggest duck, Canelo possibly ducking Benavides or Devin Haney possibly ducking Vasily Lomachenko in the rematch. Ring the bell. We start round two.
1: I think the, the bigger duck is, is you know, it's going to be surprised people here, but I think the bigger duck is uh, Benavides being ducked by Canelo. Uh, uh, Haney at 140, right. uh, if he doesn't fight at 135 pounds anymore, you know, we'll have the, we already knew there was a weight issue with, with Haney making 135 the first time around. Uh, I don't. I still don't think Haney has a bona fide, legitimate win against a, a, a top guy uh, in, in boxing at all. Because they, the other guys he fought that were big names were 150 years old when he fought them, uh, so they, they don't really count. Uh, Lomachenko win would b- make him a bona fide, get him a bona fide win. But I, I just don't know that he can make the weight and he can use that as his out. As long as he's fighting top guys at 140, I'm mean, not looked at it as a duck. Canelo ducking Benavides is unbelievable because he's fighting a PVC opponent in Charlo, and yet you're not fighting a PBC, the best PVC fighter they got to offer in Benavides. I mean, that's an outright duck, outright duck. But a special special mention goes to Be- Benavides himself, ducking David Morel, who now is go- is in the, who put he's putting Morel in the same position by saying he's not got the enough enough experience or enough Legitimate wins, so we've got a, a, a bit of a pickle here with with the debate because I think Benavides Canelo is the biggest duck, but Benavides himself is corner is sort of putting himself in a hypocritical position by doing what he's doing to Morel. Nonetheless, Canelo has made it obvious he wants no part of Benavides. He talks about he doesn't want to fight Mexican fighters, and he's fought a bunch of them already in his career.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think Haney's is is ducking Lomachenko. I agree that. I would have liked to have seen the rematch. I think that he would have been able to definitely win the rematch. But he's been talking about the weight for a while, and I've I've been around the kid. I know how much he struggles to make 135. He's young. He's 25 years old. He's growing out of the weight class. So in terms of of ducking, I I don't really take that take that as a duck. Yeah, he had a tough fight against Lomachenko. A lot of people argue, you know, who won that fight. But listen, he got it. He he did what he needed to do. He got the win. He's moving moving up. He's going to be there's tons of guys from him at 140 to fight. A ton of guys that he can probably beat too uh, more, more easily than more easily than the guys that lightweight but this benavidez canelo thing it's the fight that makes the most sense too not only should not only does, does benavidez deserve the fight not only will it be a, a financial success it's easy to make there's so many things that that, that go into making this fight and the only reason it's not happening is because the team canelo doesn't want the fight and you could say like i don't want to fight mexicans which i don't even know what the hell that means but yeah no they, if you're looking at anything I, I'm, I'm not a guy who likes to call out ducks but uh yeah this Break. is uh, this is mm, yeah not
1: wanting to fight Mexicans is just an excuse. And Gulo and Chavez and Jr. were Mexicans. He fought them. They were the differences they were easy Mexicans to deal with. Benavides is a guy who legitimately threatens the reign of Canelo Alvarez. Um, he, he, Canelo has shown that he kind of wants to do things his way and get guys at the right time. He may have waited for Golovkin to go three years, uh, go five years before before he got the third fight. Now he wouldn't fight Charlo, but now all of a sudden Charlo coming off a two year layoff, he'd rather think, fight him than Benavides.
0: There's there's nothing really to say here. It's it's, it's we're both in agreement. I mean. You know, Canelo uh, should be fighting Benavides, and I think that, that that this was actually the best opportunity to fight him. He had he showed things in in the Canal in the uh, Caleb Plant fight that were that Canelo could take advantage of. And before Benavides can really be as good as he's going to be, fight him now.
2: You got that in right at the bell, Chris. I like that. You were you were good. You're looking at that clock, um, Paul, You 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 surprised me. I, I I was ready to give that round to Chris, but you went with Benavides. Um um, Canelo Benavides, which I also agree is the bigger duck. Uh, so that's that's a 10-10 round, and people hated when I scored 10-10 rounds on the last show, but I'm the judge and the ref, so I that's can pretty much Who do That's a robbery. Who
1: the fans think won that round? That's a robbery.
2: You know what? <laughs> hey, hey, Malinaji, watch it now. Watch it now.
0: Hey? That's a 10-10 round. He, you know what? He's already starting to complain. We're in the fight. In
1: soccer, you get yellow cards for dissent for arguing with the referee. I don't want to get a yellow. <laughs>
2: All right. So, Chris, uh, we're going to you. We're going to start round three. Uh, Jamal Charlo, who hasn't fought in two, two years, Teofima Lopez, who's supposedly retired. Round three is, who are we going to see in the ring first? Ring the bell, start round three, Chris.
0: This is a tough one. I'm literally going to have to rub my my uh, my my globe my my ball for the, my future ball. So <laughs> um, you know, for this one, because really, it's 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 impossible to tell with these guys, especially Tiafoe is so up and down. Charlo has been having his issues outside of the ring, but I actually think the Canelo Charlo fight is going to happen. So I think we're going to see Jamel Jamel Charlo before we see Tiafoe Lopez Jamal. Lopez uh, Jamal. Sorry, I I um I don't. I don't agree with his 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 retirement. I don't think that's a real thing. But I do know he has a lot of out of the ring issues to deal with you know, with his personal issues, divorce, money, things going on in, in in that sense. So it might be a while before we see him in the ring. Um, but I, I I feel like Charlo Canelo is going to happen this fall, which I'm not mad about. I mean, it's not it's not the best timing for it, but at least it's a big name undefeated guy. It's Canelo. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that that Charlo does that are um, that are pretty dangerous so it's it's you know it, that could be a, a real fight and a real challenge so i, I think that's going to happen in the fall t you just never know man especially with what he's been saying lately great I,
1: I don't i don't uh agree with cholo getting the fight right now but i do agree that he's going to be the guy who fights before telfimo telfimo has a lot of things going on i do think so i think telfimo will unretire at a certain point there's a lot of things he's got to get straightened out it's just he's just too good and he's too, he, he's too valuable to, to boxing at this point. Um, he generates a lot of curiosity. Uh, and, and, and he's a terrific fighter who's a real threat to all the top guys. So people are going to want to watch him fight. And I think he, he creates headlines if he keeps being controversial the way he is. Uh, but Charlo will fight first. I think Charlo has gotten the Canelo fight. I don't agree with it because I think Charlo deserved it at one time. But I think coming off a two-year layoff, there are other guys who deserved the shot. At Canelo, uh, I, I think Charlo is uh, was was a legitimate threat at one time. I, I just don't think that at this point he's uh, um, he's he's at his best. Listen, he could be at his best. I we haven't seen him in two years, but here's the thing that I don't like: ten years from now, twenty years from now, people are gonna say, "Oh, Canelo fought this undefeated guy, Charlo, and beat him. What a what a what a look on his resume." But if people don't look at the timing of things, the timing of things is very very interesting because you you can might take the O off Charlo, but you
0: can really fight the same. See this guy now. Now he's talking about who deserves shots. Before Berlanga, he deserves it because of the business. Now, now it's it, Charlo doesn't deserve the shot because you know he deserved it two years ago. See how he's flipping and flop, going back and forth. Keep that in mind, there, Judge. Um Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Tiafimo, he has a lot to deal with outside of the ring. It's, 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 it's probably going to be some time before he comes back, um, which is unfortunate because he's literally one of the most talented young fighters in the game today. And at that last performance, there's so much, so much behind him. So everybody wants to see him fight again. And Charlo, I mean, listen, I, I, it's tough to miss him because he's been gone for so long. But he is a super, super talented fighter, very dangerous guy. Break. And listen, with Canelo, was at this stage?
1: In, bo- in boxing, you're only as good as your last performance. We don't even remember Charlo's last performance. That's how long ago it was. Canelo had, didn't have a great performance against Ryder there are other guys that deserve it but nonetheless Charllo will return first he's gonna get the Canelo fight before Topimo returns uh from the and unretires
2: and there's our bell for round three man that was it that was another another tough one to score because you guys agreed but but Chris you know I like your feistiness I, I, I like your grit I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that round that's a 10 nine round um it's a close one it's a close one through three though so Paulie. We're gonna start with you, round four. Now let me let me explain this. Your graphic it says best fighters from New York City. I've got two New York fighters, Paulie. You're from Brooklyn, and Chris, Long Island. What so I want. So we a state because is, Long is not New York City. Right, right. But but what are the best? What part of New York are the best fighters from? I don't can think there's. A, can well. be a state. So let's ring the bell, round four. Paulie, we'll start with you.
1: I don't think there's a question. It's Brooklyn. New York has produced a lot of terrific fighters, but Brooklyn itself... Brooklyn has an advantage. Listen, it's the biggest of the boroughs, okay? So, obviously, it's gonna produce more of the champions. You know, Queens gave us uh, Kevin Kelly. Uh, uh, um, The Bronx gave us guys like uh, uh, Aaron Superman-Davis. Um, um, and, and other, there are obviously others I'm missing. Um, Staten Island gave us Marcus Brown recently, and and, and the Berto Rosa brothers before that. In the old days, you know, I think you know Brooklyn has you know it, the advantage of being the biggest borough, and so it's produced the best fighters. You know, Mike Tyson, Riddick Bowe, uh, Junior Jones, uh, Danny Jacobs, Lam myself. Just off the top of my head, I'm, I'm I'm Zab Judah. You know, I'm thinking of all these guys, and it's just you know it's 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 really really. Uh, I don't think there's a question. You can't really make a a, a, a question about this. Yes, Long Island has had some champions. As well, all parts of New York has created champions, but Brooklyn is the bona fide home of the of of, of the elite. It uh, has produced the most elite fighters, the most championship level fighters uh, in this sport of boxing. So I don't think you can have a question here. Brooklyn has uh, produced. Even Brooklyn has even produced head-to-head matchups at a high level, like myself and the which which were, we were able to main event against one another in a major arena and a major uh, t- uh, championship show, Mike
0: this is a silly question it it really is it's it's brooklyn there's there's no there's no question about it um we have a tremendous boxing past um from the from new york from new york city especially but yeah in terms of of the the density of the amount of champions that have come out of New York city, especially when looking at each individual borough, Brooklyn is, is a uh, head and shoulders above everybody. Um, so uh, again, it has to do with the size. It has to do with the gyms. Always, the gyms always matter. Right. And champions always come in pairs and threes and fours. Like it, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult to get like a, a champion from Albany, New York. There's not a lot of gyms, not a lot of guys to train with. That's why Long Island had a big, big issue. And why we've seen a, a resurgence or a surgence of boxing champions who've been coming from Long Island lately, recently, recently, it started with Buddy McGirt, over in, in Central Islip and in, in, in Brentwood. And then there wasn't another world champion until me in, in the early 2000s because there was no boxing gyms. I was I started in karate. I was a martial artist because there was no boxing gyms back then. I wanted to do boxing. But now we're seeing a resurgence. We've got myself, Jamel Herring, Joe Smith Jr. Um, you know, there's great. been there's been a bunch more boxing I there. Will, more, more I gyms. will say
1: there's, there's, there's head-to-heads you can ma- ma- mix a match, which can give an argument here. Aaron Davis beat Mark Breland. It was a Bronx versus Brooklyn matchup. You almost had Junior Jones versus Kevin Kelly at one time. That would have been a great matchup. It didn't happen. Uh, you had me and Zab, but that was Brooklyn versus Brooklyn. Uh, you can make arguments for other places or other boroughs. But I'm saying, again, I have to go back to the fact that Brooklyn Brooklyn is the biggest borough, and I think that gave had given us a major, major advantage. Also, we had one of the best gyms in the world, Gleason's Gym, which created and made me and so many and over hundred other world champions. I think the, uh, that in, its, in and of itself is a big, big reason why why right. Brooklyn, especially it's been around since nineteen eighty six. Gleason's in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. So, you know, even to this day, that's, that's where everybody goes. If you're in New York city and you're not going to Brooklyn, the spar, then what are you, what are you doing? You know, cause that's, that's, that's where all the work is at. I, my nephew f- trains on Long Island and I, he send, he goes to Brooklyn to spar. He spars at, at Gym X. He spars at Gleason's. He spars at Saddam Ali's underground gym that if you don't know where it is, you know, you'll never find it. You know, th- that's our the kind bell. of, that's the way, that's the way uh, and, Brooklyn. Do, our do, our
1: do, I have
2: one?
0: do
2: I have one? No, that's oh, the hi, bell. Man. You can, oh. you can keep talking, but I, 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 I don't want to give you a warning now. Um, <laughs> Look, you got you guys agreed, it, it, but I got to give it to the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn guy. I, I'm I'm sorry, I got to give it to Paul. You That's guys only both because did... you
0: let him go first. You let him go first. That's not and fair. that was done
2: with a plan. <laughs> I, I, no
0: shit. I, did. <laughs> I know. I,
1: I can't uh, judge. You know. What? You know what? What I'll. The decision has been rendered already, but honorable mention actually goes to Manhattan because in the old days, Manhattan had guys like Jake LaMotta and Rocky Graziano and even right. uh, Sugar, Ray Robin, Sugar Ray Robinson was in Harlem. It was something that I actually forgot to mention. Uh, you can give honorable mention to Manhattan as well, but I still stick with Brooklyn.
2: Well, I was uh, waiting. I was, was going to it up, but there's, it's, there's not
1: really a contest. Yeah, Just I was
2: waiting guys in to mention uh, Sugar Ray Robinson from Harlem, but uh, but he didn't come well, up. Well,
1: Robinson was in reality, he was from Michigan anyway. But still, right. I mean,
2: he had, he, he, he made people consider he made his him a New Yorker. In Harlem. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. The so kind of life in Harlem. we're moving on. We we got a close one. It's a close one on my card. Um, you never know. Paulie could get some deductions here and there. He's been clean so far. We're going in round five. Right. Chris, we're going to start with you. The future at one hundred and forty-seven pounds. Is it Boots Ennis or is it Virgil Ortiz? Ring the bell for round
0: five. This is going to blow, blow your mind on this one. So the future of 147 pounds is Jaron Ennis. And the reason for that is I actually think if they fight, I lean towards Virgil Virgil Ortiz. I think that... Um, his style matches up perfectly with with Enes, even though Ennis is such a such an incredible incredible talent. I think his athleticism, um, his his ability, his power punching, his ability to pull the trigger, his, his setups, his feints, everything. The, the kid is an actually uh, incredible incredible fighter uh, with with real lights out power. But Virgil Ortiz, man, this is a perfect East Coast West Coast matchup. Virgil Ortiz is one of those guys. He's a machine. He comes forward. He's in phenomenal shape. He throws tons of punches. He never gets gassed. He never gets tired. Got heavy hands with both hands. You know, it's, it, it's a it's a perfect style. Match matchup but I just lean towards Virgil because he has more experience with the high level guys if you look at if you go back about to bout in terms of looking at who they fought Virgil Ortiz blows them out of the water and the reason I think Joran Ennis is the future is because I don't think Ortiz is going to stay at welterweight for too long even if he gets this fight or he might move up even before the fight even happens so I think the future is Ennis but I, I lean towards Ortiz if they fight head to head
1: marketed the way they should have been uh, and, and for a big reason for that was for Crawford and Spence have have, have created a logjam in the walkaway division I believe Geron Ennis and Virgil Ortiz not only should have been got world title shots but also should have been become world champions and, and, and become more and more of household names so that we could be building up to a possible matchup between these two but no what happens instead we got Crawford and Spence who made us wait forever and these guys had a wait behind them and it's come to the point where now as champ Chris said Virgil Ortiz can't make the weight anymore so he's going to move up the weight to 154 and we're not even going to get this matchup it fits had been earlier, if Spencer Corporate had fought earlier and got their ass out of the way, we would have been able to have Virgil Ortiz against Jeron uh, Ennis as world champions against one another because they would have already built up to a demand to a point where Virgil would have probably had to fight Jaron before moving up in weight. So look at this is what happens: the, the 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 making us wait for Spence and Crawford didn't just affect the fact that it affected boxing fans like oh we don't want to get we don't get the fight we would we wanted to get you're you're not going to get the fight you would have got after that the super fight you would have got after that because these two guys waited way too long. Virgil Ortiz is a great welterweight. Jaron uh, Ennis is a great welterweight they've been promoted and marketed right because they've had to wait behind unfortunately they had to wait behind spence and crawford and at this point oh we had a clock where's the clock what's going on here you got 19 seconds left paulie oh okay and, and and i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i lost my train of thought there but i tell you what uh <laughs> or or, or ah, man i lost my train of thought lose <laughs> looking at the clock i let myself yes. get the
0: track you gotta protect myself at all times. let's break let's take over Okay. Sorry. So listen, so yeah, everything trickles down from the top, obviously, but you know, but these guys didn't have to wait around. They could afford each other. They're just less on the line. They're taking a bigger risk, but come on, man. That's what you do when you're a young guy. I always remember, I mean, listen, these guys are far beyond prospects. They're both contenders, but those prospect versus prospect fights where you take those really dangerous fights that you really quote unquote shouldn't take. I had a bunch of them early on in my career. Where I fought some guys were literally it was a 50-50 fight and anyone with a brain in their head would be like, this is too dangerous. Don't take that fight. But listen, that's why I was ready when I got my world title fight. These guys could have fought already. We live in this world where everyone thinks they have to have a zero. They have to have an O in order to make money or get the world title fight. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's ruining the sport. They're waiting around for these top guys. Why don't they just fight each other? There's plenty of opportunities, which is why I like Virgil Ortiz. He's fighting Stanny Onis now. That's a really, really dangerous fight. Prospect Prospect
1: versus prospect is lovely. It's awesome. I love it. But you got to eliminate the BS things like pound-for-pound lists and and discussions about pound-for-pound lists because what happens is prospect don't want to fight each other. Other because they, they get worried that they're never going to be involved in those kind of conversations. Yep. If you eliminate all the garbage, I'm telling you, you can make prospects fight prospects and it'll be less risky for themselves and boxing will bell, benefit guys. as a
2: whole. That's our bell. It's another close round. Um, Paul, you got the fourth. Chris, I'm giving you that round 10 9. So it's basically even on my cards going into the sixth round. You see how I like to score these fights, even almost no matter what. So <laughs> it, I'm a little biased, I, I do admit. It. We
1: got, hey, fans at home, you's gotta vo- you got to vote. You got to vote on this. I don't. I this George George
2: is in the bag. He's he's <laughs> in somebody's pocket. He's in your bag. What do you mean? He's let, in let the bag. Let me tell you. He's hey, hey listen, bag. both of you. I'm giving you both a home, warning. You're both getting a warning right now. This is your first warning, both of you. But but, Paulie, you brought up a good point. Like, subscribe, and comment. Use your put your comments in there. We're going to use them. In fact, we're using them today. Round six was from a Twitter comment on our Pro Box feed. And round six, boy, who do I start with? I'm going to start with Polly. And this is something that the fans asked. In your prime, we're starting with you, Paulie. Pauly, Pauly Malinaji versus Chris Algieri. Oh, yes, who wins sure. the fight? and why <laughs> Pauling starts us off round six this decides to fight ring the bell
1: okay my prime I consider I had four I had four really special nights in my life where I in the locker room I knew like nobody I felt like nobody in the world could beat me uh, there was four little four little four times one time was in, in the amateurs in the 2000 New York Golden Globe Finals against Ken Games everything was just flowing I can literally remember them uh, the second time was against a guy named Kevin Watts my 12th my or 13th pro fight everything was flowing the third time was against Vyacheslav Shichenko. And the fourth fight was against Zab Judah. Yes, I had other really good nights. I had other nights where I looked really good and won big fights. But um, those four nights, I felt like something in the dressing room where I was like, dude, I don't think anybody in the world could beat me right now. It was literally, I mean, I can remember for the Judah fight, I barely warmed up. Everything was in my head so well. So on point from camp that it was like when I feel like that I don't think anybody can beat me. I'm telling you, and I've only thought that four damn times on my in my life on fight night. I believe that I've got the proper head movement, the proper trigger, the proper speed. Yes, Chris is, has the height and he knows how to use it. And Chris also can surprise you. He can also come forward and, and press you coming forward. But in my youth, with my young legs coming forward, I still would have dealt with it. Faints, different looks, uh, punching off all of those different looks, was really really interesting. Mike,
0: go Amir Khan. Go Amir go. Khan.
2: That's oh. all I gotta
0: say, Amir Khan. Listen, Amir 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 was long. He was fast. He was strong. He threw combination punches. Things that I did really really well. We both I, we both fought Amir Khan. Paulie had a, had a much rougher night than I did. And, they, and then he mentioned I could go forward or back, so I could I could box. I, was, I had the length, the speed. The box, the legs, but also I could go forward to be super, super physical. I was way too strong for Amir Khan when we fought. So if uh, just comparing, you know, boxing math doesn't always work, but that's—I mean, I don't really think I have to say too much more. Than that.
2: <laughs>
0: Where do I go?
1: Go. Okay, go. I'll tell you what, Amir couldn't fight going backwards. Amir never could fight going backwards. So although he's fast and he's quick, Amir stylistically, if you backed him up, he always had problems. If you look at anybody who backed up Amir Khan, they gave him tons of problems. I thought that was a brilliant game plan you came up with to push him back. I tried in some ways. The guy kept pushing my damn head down. Yeah, I could not get in there. You got in there very well. You made a physical, you, you made your, your physicality work for you. But again, by the end of my career, I also learned how to fight going forward a little bit more. Throughout my prime, I couldn't know how to fight going forward. I came forward against Zab, realized that I had to back him up. And I and I I felt like I did a good job. It's just at weight, I just wasn't strong enough to come forward against those big welterweights. Uh, and had I learned had I learned what I did in my in in my, my, my one forty had I learned how to come forward in one forty I think I would have had it been even better at one forty. Nonetheless, I think there's going forward and going backwards. I could have adjusted in my prime. Now again, my prime I'm not I'm not a great fighter going forward. <laughs>
0: So Ooh. all right, we're talking about in primes. My prime, I could do both. I was actually always a forward fighter uh, uh, when I was when I was before my right my. He was well well known. I was a forward pressing fighter, through a ton of punches. I was a I was a body puncher, which people don't ever really give me credit for. I know, Paulie, you actually have when I fought Ruslan. But man, I mean, I just I could do a lot of things forward and backward. I think stylistically, uh, I'm a really tough guy to outbox based on not only my abilities and my talent, but my There's our my... bell,
2: guys. There's our bell. Wow. Yeah. Now that was a little unfair, but it, listen, it was a Twitter question. We, we put you guys, they put you guys on the spot and you guys went at it. Uh, you know something? You both are not going to like me because I scored that an even round. And guess what? We've got another draw. <laughs> the and fans ten. are not going to like you. The fans are not going to like you. The fans are not going to like, they've <laughs> already hit, said they, they don't like, like Hey fans, who do, you, already... who do you think's in the bag? Fans, who do you think's in
0: the bag? <laughs>
2: Well, Pauly, I mean, to your point, the fans said, you know, stop the with the 10-10 rounds. You're
1: in the bag!
2: Well, listen, guys, it, <laughs> it was a... You, bet on you, you were good sports with that last one. Um, You know, that the, that was a tough one. But that's why we keep encouraging people to like, subscribe, and comment because we will use your comments. You will be a part of these shows. So, uh, Chris Al- well, Algieri, Pauly Balanaji... I
1: will, I will say one thing in, uh, in closing on that argument. What what I learned in life and in boxing is that you actually keep learning, so your brain actually becomes a better fighter. But you get too old to put it into place. I felt like mentally, Amen. I was a better fighter as I got into my thirties, but physically, I could no longer add those things that mentally were making more sense as I that I could add into my style. And so, and I aged out. That was the oh, real. Yeah. That was That's the real thing so- that I learned.
0: That's so crazy. I had that exact conversation at the fighter meetings for the Cluster Shield undercard. And we were talking about someone had brought up my fighter and the kid didn't realize who I was at first. And he's like, oh man, he's like, oh, you fought everybody, blah, blah, And we were talking someone brought up because the guy was a little bit older and Manix asked when, when, when was, you know, we were asking about his, uh, his, his, his uh, perfect, his best age, his peak age. And he asked me and Manix saying, Chris, when was your peak age? I'm like, physically 28 to 32 mentally in terms of my boxing IQ and boxing knowledge now. I'm I'm yeah. much smarter now. My body just my my 40 year old body is not the same as my 28 year old body. So yeah, my boxing knowledge is way higher now. I'm smarter. I see things better, but you can't you can't pull the trigger the same way. You don't have the same endurance. You don't have that same youthful exuberance. Like I'm using a term for the pole he uses on air a lot. Um, it's different when you get older, man. That you get smarter. Boxing takes so long to master, and truly, you never do but that's how complicated this sport is that our our bodies just aren't made to last that long. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's too, it's too difficult. It's too difficult of, of a, of a, of a, of a, um, a uh, practice. It's too difficult of a, of a, something to learn. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I
2: mean, it's with age, with age comes wisdom, like, like they say. Um, and I want to thank you both for, 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 for giving us some of your wisdom. Uh, it's always fun talking boxing with you guys This has been Sparring Session with the Champs, Brooklyn's Pauly Malignaggi, Long Island's Chris Algieri. Thank you so much. This is ProBox TV, your boxing channel. We will be back with more shows like this very soon.